You know who I can do without? I can do without the people in the video store. Which ones? All of them. This is Massive Late Feed with Mike and Mark. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my co-host Mike. How you doing, Mike? Uh, not too bad. And yourself? Good. We've had a good week here. We've added some listeners. Massive Late Fee is as contagious as a Donald Trump rally right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Mike. I've got a couple things before we really get into it. I've got a couple things that crossed my plate, crossed my attention this week that I thought were somewhat interesting. Did you see or hear about the new Mel Gibson joint, Fat Man? Uh, No. Is it about the atomic bomb? No, it is about Santa Claus. Uh, Mel Gibson (laughs) plays... Some sort of weird Santa Claus. You, like when you get a second, you should watch the the trailer. He plays some. Here's the plot of the movie. He plays Santa Claus, but Santa Claus is down in his luck because you know people have forgotten the face of their fathers and and don't don't celebrate Christmas anymore or whatever war on Christmas. I don't know. And he has to partner with the U.S. military for some reason. I think he becomes like a. Like he helps them get terrorists or something like that since he has this magical ability to traverse the world in one night. At the same time, he gave coal a long time ago to this one rich kid who's all pissed off about it and hires Walter Goggins as a contract killer to murder Santa Claus. (laughs) It looks absolutely bananas. It sounds kind of crazy. I, you know, it sounds right up our alley. I mean, you know, it it does star. I'm trying to find justifications to see it, even though it's uh, Sugar Tits Mel Gibson starring in it. But it really sounds like the kind of just awfulness that I would like. And it's it's about murder and stuff like that. So I think you'd like it, too. I don't think so. I like Walton Goggins, but this doesn't sound interesting at all. I don't know. I don't know. You should look at the trailer and see. I think you're wrong. Something, there's some joke about Donna ripping your dick off or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, have you seen any, have you, you uh, seen any trailers for anything? The, the, oh, this is another one. This fat man is coming straight to streaming, I believe. So... I think I read today that Disney is like going all in on streaming. So, I mean, they're just like, you know, they're pushing that. That's like their big uh, focus now. Yeah, I did read that. Although apparently they're still not releasing what's it called? The Black Widow solo movie on streaming. But yeah, I did read that, that they're going all in on streaming, which makes sense because that's the future of everything. Yeah. I mean, movie theaters are unnecessary, really. Yeah, I well, yeah, I've I've had this debate with many people for many times and uh you know, I, I a large TV, a comfy couch, your own snacks, the family members that you actually care about, an ability to pause the TV, uh a sound bar, all that stuff is 
it's just it's such a it's so much more of a comfortable and better viewing experience than a movie theater is. Yeah. So yeah, if someone was like, I was on Twitter the other day and they were talking about the Wonder Woman is going to be coming to theaters and Patty Jenkins is like, we're not even talking about going to streaming. We're that Wonder Woman 84 movie. We're, we want to be, when it, whenever it's safe to come back, we want to be one of the movies that brings people back to the cinema and everyone was like, you know, so if you want cinemas to succeed and, and like thrive and everything and and I, I responded, what if you don't want them to? What if you want them to go away? And someone was like, well, what if they die? And I, I just posted that thing from Star Trek 6 where Kirk says, let them die. Because I'm, I'm done with them. But, uh, oh, we found a cat, too. I told you that. Yeah, I, I saw that on your Facebook, too. Uh, it's a, do you know if it's a boy or a girl? I believe it's a girl. It's hard to tell. It was late at night when it was rolling around outside, and I don't want to really, you know, kind of, like, manhandle it or anything, try to, you know, pick it up and, and look between the tail or, or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we did find out today, shortly before coming on the air, it's actually a neighbor's cat that she just lets out and lets roam around. <laughs> so and see, if it's that friendly, it's probably someone's cat because we have these like stray cats in our backyard mm-hmm. and like, they like, like they're ridiculous. Like we fed them for like two months straight. And like, if we even go outside and they're out there, they run away. Yeah. It's we, we figured that it was either lost or, um, or maybe somebody had abandoned it or something, but like it was so, you know, the fur was so immaculate. It, it looked well fed. It wasn't injured in any way. Um, and it was like, like we said, it was super friendly and just like a really nice cat. And I was like, this cat comes from a home. This was, this is not a street cat. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, so apparently one of our neighbors, uh, saw it on the Facebook and said, Oh, that's, uh, that's my neighbor's cat. She just lets it roam around outside. We've never seen it before, but apparently she just lets it roam around outside. So I was like, okay, we'll stop feeding the cat then because we want it to go back home to its home. Right. And Peaches is not too happy with the cat. So I bet she, uh, she was doing some growling and, and stuff like that, but nothing like, She's pretty chill. She's not super aggressive or anything like that. Um, so she was doing some, you know, like some vocalization, some territorial stuff, but she wasn't, you know, trying to rumble or anything like that. Sure. But yeah, so that's the the mystery of the black cat, but a beautiful cat. Unfortunately, like, because we were talked about, Carol was like, oh, I want to keep it, but they're allergic to cats, except for, you know, Siamese, they seem to be okay with, but... Uh, my my wife and my son are allergic to cats, and she's got she was she loves cats, so she was petting the cat and everything. She's got rashes, like she's got some uh, you know rashes on her body now from picking up the cat and stuff like that. That sucks. But yeah, so um, we're looking for some more, a couple more um, Siamese cats. But yeah, unfortunately, we couldn't keep that. But speaking of Siamese cats, uh, the movie guide <laughs> today. <laughs> Does not feature any Siamese cats. It's not Bambi. But um maybe Bambi. you mean Lady and the Tramp? Or Lady and the Tramp, yeah. There's you don't know. There could be Siamese cats in those woods, Mike. Yeah, true. So now, first clue here. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with sex and nudity. There's some choice ones here under sex and nudity. 
A man rubs a woman's thigh. He puts his hand up her dress, removes her panties. We see her bare thigh. And the man unfastens his belt and then proceeds to, quote, put it in. You hear a moan, and then they are interrupted by a knock on the door. Isn't that always the way? Huh, is this Showgirls? No. Although Showgirls is the movie that we watched uh, for Retro Late Feed this week. Nice. What a great movie. Paul Verhoeven's best, right? Fuck RoboCop. A man unzips a woman's dress. Her bare back is seen. Uh, we see a woman Matrix in a bath. Oh. What'd you say? Matrix Reloaded. Mm, no. Close, but no. Not even really close. Uh, here's some profanity. This also is very good. Uh, 11 F words. One scatological term. One mild obscenity and one religious exclamation, and then it has what looks like the like frowny face emoji or something. It's it's uh, parenthetical and then the less than sign equals and one. So like the I don't know what emoji that is, but uh, then it says in parentheses Christ. Huh. Um. Dust till dawn. No. But the other the other profanity is one of the funniest. It's very short, but it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen on on these IMDb's. So all that stuff, the eleven F words, the scatological term, entry number two, name calling, and then in parentheses, jerk. Hmm. What a profane thing to say. Right. Uh, violence and gore. A man stabs a man in the stomach twice with a knife, causing him to moan in pain. We see some blood on the man's shirt, but no visible wound. Natural born killers? No. A man shoots a man in the head with a shotgun. Blood splatter drips down a wall, and we see that the body is missing part of its skull and face, and it lies in a pool of blood and matter. We see the corpse several other times throughout the film. Is this Saw? No. By the way, you may have never seen this movie. But but this movie occurred to me. Uh, a woman stabs a man in the stomach twice with a knife. Uh, and a teenager stabs a man in the stomach with a knife. Is this one of the Scream movies? No. Although that would have been better to do, probably. Um, let's see. Let me go to drugs, alcohol, and smoking. And then after that, I'm going to go to some violent and intense scenes or whatever. Uh, hmm, I don't remember this part, but yeah, I guess maybe at the very beginning. People drink alcohol at a party. Uh, a man and a woman drink champagne from a bottle. A woman drinks a beer. Huh. Um, I have no idea. Punisher? No. How about some frightening... And intense scenes. Do, 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 load faster, load faster. Uh, terrifying throughout the whole film. Eh, yeah, kind of, I guess. Uh, a woman is frightened and startled many times. She screams in horror. Ghost ship. No. Uh, a man walks down a hallway slowly without realizing that a masked man behind him, armed with an axe, ready to kill him. Although the masked man doesn't kill him, the scene is very scary, especially with the record music off. 
Huh. I have no idea. A woman screams when she glimpses when she glimpses a masked man in her window. Is this Halloween? No. Uh, at the beginning, a boy calls the police and is in a distressed mood and is upset. His voice may upset some viewers. Huh, yeah, I would have guessed Halloween for that one, too. I don't know. Here's one that might help give it away, even if you've never seen it. Three people wear frightening masks, stalk and chase a man and a woman through their isolated vacation home. Oh, is this the Frighteners? No, no, no. Uh, what the fuck is this movie called? It's not the Michael the J. F- Fox joint, the, the Frighteners. The Strangers. It is The Strangers. 2008's The Strangers with Liv Tyler, I believe. Yeah, I've only seen a little bit of that. Yeah, it's a it's one of those ones that... So I, I picked a horror movie since we're in October now, and it's the frightening time of year. But that that... My wife likes that movie a lot. She's a big horror fan. I'm a pretty big horror fan, too. But that's one of those horror movies that just makes me feel like just it's like misery porn. It's what it's, it just makes me feel bad afterwards. Like, I don't Have you ever seen the movie? Um, I think it, it comes at night. Have you ever seen that? No, uh, it's Joel Edgerton and a bunch of other people. But there's like. There's some. Do you want? Do you want me to spoil the movie for you, or do you want me yeah, not to? Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Don't care. So, so this is spoilers for It Comes at Night. Uh, the basically the plot of the movie is there's some weird disease, uh, coronavirus or something like that. <laughs> no, it was before that, but that has taken over the world, and it's deadly and it kills people. And this family, uh, the the dad, the mom, and their teenage son, are like isolated in this cabin in the, in the woods and the beginning of the movie, their grandpa has died and they burn the body and they've got like hazmat gear on and stuff like that. A lot of it is like, it's not really explained. They're not like, Oh, this virus, you know, took over. It's like all of it's very much implied and you have to guess it's a smart movie, which I I like about them, but they run into this uh, other family that has a young son and a mom and a dad. Right. And they end up letting them in to the house. Uh, Their dog runs away while outside. Uh, At some point during the night, uh, they hear like some noise, right? And the door that always remains locked and barred has been open. So long story short, uh, Joel Edgerton is the dad like starts to suspect that these people have been exposed to the virus and they're exposing them. Um, he doesn't trust them to leave because he thinks that maybe they'll tell other people where he's at and stuff and stuff like that. Um, they want to like keep them quarantined or something like that. They just want to go and leave and, and everything. They end up like trying to leave and then they get into this, this thing where they, one of the guys, the, the dad from the other family, he like holds Joel Edgerton at gunpoint and it's like, we're just going to leave. We don't want to hurt you. We just want to leave. And he tries to leave with his family. The wife gets the drop on him. Then Joel Edgerton gets his gun back. He ends up shooting and killing the dad. And then he, I think on accident, I'm trying to remember, an accident, like he shoots and kills the little boy. And the the mom is like just fucking tearing her eyes out, sobbing over this kid. And she's like, just kill me too. Just kill me too. And like Joel Edgerton shoots and kills her. And um, uh, it turns out that uh, 
they did get like like so then that that ends that like it kind of fades to black and then it turns out that they did get sick anyway and i think he has to end up killing his son and like you know it's just like they got exposed they don't know how and like the other two are probably going to die too and that's kind of how the movie ends it's not really a horror movie it's more like a like a suspense i guess or, or something like that but we watched it it was not what i expected from the title it comes at night and when we were done i was like i i just feel bad i just feel fucking wrecked after that movie it's like an emotional downer right <laughs> that's kind of what the strangers was to me less severe than that but but that's sort of what it was to me because it's just a you know it's like a miserable type movie uh, do you have an IMDb game for me today, or you want to move on to the main topic? I have a game for you. Okay, I'm ready. A man is seen wrapped in a towel in the shower. His pubic hair is visible. Interesting. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. Okay, no Matthew Broderick pubes. No. Most sexual content is in references. Anything sexual shown is not overly graphic. Hmm. Uh, American Psycho? No. Okay. A man walks in on his roommate performing cunnilingus on his girl- girlfriend. Brief female nudity shown. A man walks in on his roommate performing cunnilingus. Um, hmm. I don't know if it's, it says on his girlfriend. I don't know if it means the man walking in's girlfriend or the roommate's girlfriend. That's kind of vague, and I don't know the answer. Interesting. Um, oh, is it uh, old school? No. Okay. A woman steps out of the shower with full frontal nudity shown somewhat in the mirror. Not very obvious due to the camera angle. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I will say, uh, mm, Project X. No. Okay. In a prison, two inmates say they will come for a man at night and call him their bitch. A guard is seen accepting money of the two inmates at night, and he hands him a key, implying that they bribed him to set them free. They're seen grabbing the man they said they would get from his bed. There's extremely brief and isn't in some versions of the film, but implies that they raped him. Uh, get hard? No. So let's go to violence and gore, see if it's uh, more clues. Is it the Shawshank Redemption? No. Okay. A boy stabs another boy with a strong silver foil airplane in his upper back. You can see blood on the end of it when he takes it out of the back. He then falls to the floor dead with his eyes open. The gate? No. Okay. A mother finds her seven-year-old son standing in the kitchen motionless, holding a large knife. He drops the knife in fear. Mm. Is this a Halloween movie? Mm, Not especially. But you could, I can see why you'd watch it for Halloween. No, 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 no. I mean, is this like one of the Halloweens, like Michael Myers? It's, no, no. Oh, okay. 
A father takes nude pictures of his daughter and her male friend. Child molestation is strongly implied, not shown, but aftermath is discussed by victims years later. Oh my god. Oh, is it, um... Is it the butterfly effect? Oh, okay. I was like... Yeah, that one that one gave it to me because that's that is disturbing as fuck. Eric Stoltz, right? Isn't that who plays the dad? I think it is, but I'm not positive. Yeah, fucking Eric Stoltz. You're you're squirrely. That's a that's a messed up movie too. Yeah. That's one of those where I think the the alternate ending or whatever where he strangles himself in utero with Yeah, that's, I think there's a lot of like cut scenes and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's uh, you know, it's I haven't seen it in forever, and I I remember thinking it was like I wasn't super into it like a lot of people were back in the late '90s or early 2000s or whatever when it came out. You know, like everyone was like, "Oh, this 2004 movie's, this movie's so badass." Like I wasn't uh, I wasn't quite like that, but I remember thinking like, "Yeah, this is a decent flick." You know, I wonder if it holds up at all. Yeah, I don't know. Mike, you know, we've been having a lot of fun on the show today, but we would be remiss if we didn't mention that our show is sponsored today by MyBookie. That's correct, Mark. MyBookie.com slash org. <laughs> I believe it's just MyBookie.com, but it is the is winning... It app se- too, or is it just like a, a website? I believe, I don't know if it, I don't know if they have an app. MyBookie, do you have an app? We don't. They probably do because it's 2020, but I don't know. Well, all I know is that the winning season is returning at my bookie. And you know what the winning season means, Mike? It means doubling your first deposit. Nice. Uh, a lady for the first time, you double your first deposit? That's exactly right. And you just eventually just dribble. No, I'm just kidding. I don't uh, know that uh, but winning season means Survivor, Super Contest, and Squares. You ever do the Squares, Mike? Yeah, I like those, but it's kind of difficult to get it together. Like, uh, for example, my current workplace, there's like less than 10 people there. So, I mean, I don't think, uh, unfortunately, not everybody's a gambling addict. Uh, so, I can't get like everybody to do 10 squares, you know? Yeah, see, that's why you need to go to my bookie for to find all the gambling addicts and to be able to get a uh, squares contest going. And, you know, we're celebrating the NFL season now. I do believe there, from what I've heard, that there will be an NFL season. I don't know exactly how they're going to it work it up. It's the case so far. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, the teams are kind of isolating, not like NBA-type level yet. Right. I haven't even really watched the NBA finals or playoffs. Are you following it at all? No, I'm not. But uh, but I'll t- in it. But Celtics I- but I'll tell you what, I'm going to go to my bookie and uh, and make a deposit, and they will do a dollar for dollar match all the way up to a thousand dollars. Then I'm going to bet on some of those NBA final games. Oh, that's pretty sweet because um, I guess the Tigers' odds to win the uh, World Series is like one in three hundred or something crazy like that. Oh, nice! Jump on that. But to win, the, but to win the division is one in one hundred. So I mean, like in this shortened season, I mean, you know how baseball teams go on swings. I mean, mm-hmm. I think even like our team that like had the most losses ever had like a nice streak there for a while and since you know it's almost a third of the games you know maybe a little more than that well there's no maybe about it i can divide by thirds <laughs> um but i mean still it's just like it's crazy because like we're suddenly like back in it now so i mean mm-hmm. i mean i mean i wouldn't want to go all the way to the casino and like you know to put down like ten dollars against those odds because it's such a waste you know and the odds are so low but 
I mean, for the comfort of your own home and they double the bet, that's 100% worth it. That completely solves my problem. Absolutely. And I, I'm never going to lose, I'm never going to miss that $100 that I put on my bookie.com or that $10 that I put on my bookie.com betting on the, the Tigers. But when it, you know, multiplies into $300,000, then, or however that math works, $3,000, then I'll. Uh, no, $10 would only be like. Uh, $3 million. Only 30000 What the fuck? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you do that, if you go up to, if you go, if you sign up at mybookie.com and make your first deposit and let them match it dollar for dollar, you can also get a free entry into their famed MyBookie Super Contest. To play in the contest, all you have to do is pick five NFL games against the spread and have a chance at winning a $100,000 guarantee. That's uh, that's not that hard. Five, five games against the spread. It's been done many times. Yeah. Uh, the best part. Broken legs. My bookie does not send people to break their legs. That's that's another great part about it. My bookie does not employ thugs to break your. If you're that guy from uh, uh what is it, Hidden Gems? They're not going to send uh, some dude to sit in a hot uh, like vestibule and then shoot you in the head. Spoiler alerts for. Inside or so for uh, what's it called? Hidden gems. Something like that. One of those ironic nicknames. But the best part is, my bookie has thousands of bets to choose from. Uh, from the full slate of the NFL, we as we talked about the the NBA playoffs, from live betting to championship futures, which we talked about with the the Detroit Tigers. Every play you want to make is waiting at my bookie. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, and collect your cash. Now we have a promo code, Mike. Our promo code is late fees. That's L A T E F E E S. If you enter that promo code late fees at mybookie.com, they will double your first deposit. It's an absolute no brainer. Your winning season begins today only at mybookie. You know, uh, I, I once knew a guy who bet on uh, Mr. T and Rocky too. <laughs> and he, he's no longer with us, but I mean, my bookie—they probably have that on there. Yeah, absolutely. And the Washington Generals, and he fe- he, bet, he bet on the fight in Rocky t- uh, too, and bet against Rocky. <laughs> Thought he was due. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, that's mybookie.com. Oh, well, to be fair, uh, Rocky did lose in Rocky One, didn't he? Oh no, he no, beat he, uh, Carl Weathers. No, he did. He lost. <laughs> Oh, did he? Yeah, he loses, but he gets the girl. That's the the whole thing in Rocky One. Yeah, I don't really remember. I don't really like the Rocky movies that much. Yeah. But uh, that is our little promo on with the show. Hmm. Ashton Kutcher's finest hour. After that, his career was lost in uh, Demi Moore's Bush. <laughs> right. As many careers have been. But speaking of lost careers, how about no? This has nothing to do with lost careers. But Mike, we watched uh, the boys with a Z, B O Y Z, right? Yeah. What did you think of the boys? The last episode. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty good episode. Uh, the the pacing was pretty good. It moved quick. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a like a nice uh, badass like fight where like uh, you know girls get it done and the, the all the female characters are just like beating the shit out of. Uh, Stormfront for a moment there. Yeah, I liked that a lot. I forgot about uh, Kamiko's like healing factor thing, and when her neck got broke, I was like, "No, Kamiko!" Like I really thought she was dead for a second. Oh no, I I, I knew all about that. 
But yeah, I, for, I, I forgot. For I forgot that she can unbreak her neck. Right. And what's weird is like, like uh, Queen Maeve can just apparently just like appear out of nowhere. And, yeah. Like, no one ever hears her. She just like suddenly shows up and like starts beating people's ass from behind. Yeah, she has super stealth mode apparently. She seems like so much stronger than most of the other characters. I mean, I'm sure she's not as strong as Homelander, but I mean, she just had no trouble like beating like a uh, Black Noir, Noir, you know, mm-hmm. and then uh, Stormfront as well. I mean, without her, you know, I mean, obviously it was three on one, and Stormfront's like the first uh, super powered character in the uh, universe, mm-hmm. in this, you know, universe of the show. Yeah, this um, this episode kind of, I think, I. It proved first of all, it proves your theory about the fact that Homelander can control the you know, the intensity of his his eye beams there. Um but also because of what happens later. But uh also I I as I was watching it and she's fighting with, with Starlight and everything, Starlight and Stormfront are fighting and then the, the girls all get in there and I was like Man, this would be so much better Mike, if Mike's thing was, you know, like, it should have been, like, Starlight should have killed her. It should have been, I kind of understand why they did what they did, but it makes so much more sense for it to have been Starlight. Yeah, or even Kamiko, but, you know, what can you do? Yeah, but uh, Frenchie needs to not scream out uh, where their weapons are, by the way. He's, that's like another that's like one of those few things that bothers me about the show is like they just like are so like you know overly obvious sometimes mm-hmm. if they don't trust our audience to remember that he like you know they have this whole scene where they're building these like super weapons mm-hmm. and it's like the worst plan ever because uh at the very beginning of the episode uh butcher's wife i think her name is becca shows up yeah because she's also like a cia operative so she's able to finally escape you know once her son is gone she uh she remembers butcher said he's under like a bodega in queens i think is mm-hmm. something like that yeah pawn shop or something i don't know yeah, yeah. So she shows up and, you know, they let her in and, you know, the rest of the, everyone's like, you know, basically they've heard all about her for years and years. They know, like, every single thing she likes even and so far as, like, she likes a Diet Coke with a slice of lime. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't, I wish I could say I knew anything about you. Like, eh, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So Butcher is like, you know, oh, we're going to get Ryan. And then, you know, he, uh. He goes and has a meeting with uh, Edgar, and uh, there's a little, like, you know, the, a deal they cut. He goes, well, I know you don't like Stormfront, and she's a racist. He's like, well, she's kind of useful, but it's like, well, if she wasn't useful, then, you know, and I got her out of your hair, can you cut a deal where they're going to, you know, hide uh, Ryan and uh, just Ryan, according to Butcher. He doesn't want to let Becca go as well because he wants his wife back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he, uh, he in a, probably maybe the best, like, they don't use, um, Giancarlo Esposito a lot in in this season. He's you know he's here and there. This is maybe his best scene. Uh, he's definitely where he has the most to do. Um, where they kind of sit down. He and Butcher sit down, and you know Butcher's like you know you're a fucking ruthless bastard and everything. And and he what's his name again? I th- I, I can't remember his name on the show. Isn't it Edgar? Yeah, that's right, Edgar. Um, he says. Basically, that it's all about stock prices. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. Which is, I mean, in itself, a little ruthless, I suppose. But he's like, I don't, you know, I'm not doing this, like, to take over the world or anything like that. I'm trying to increase the, the stock price for my shareholders, and that's basically it. Um, And, you know, he's like, uh, yeah, he cuts this deal where 
and I, you know, Carol, I talked about it. I don't think Butcher's right. Like, I don't think she he could just tell him that, and then Becca shows up to Edgar's door or whatever and says, "I want my son," and his response is, "Hey, this is the only way you can keep him safe from home, Homelanders to not know where he is." I don't think she's taking that for an answer. No. So I think Butcher is is badly miscalculating here. It ends up not mattering, but I think I don't think he's right. No, I really don't. Um, yeah. Then uh, speaking of meetings, Edgar has another meeting with um, with uh, Alistair, I think his name is from the uh, Church of the Collective. Yeah, that's right. He's trying to get another. Um, he's trying to get another one of the uh, you know of his people into back into the seven. You know, he says, "Oh, the deep has done so much," and. You can actually, if you pay attention, you you notice that the the napkins kind of rustle for a moment because this is uh, a train just kind of sneaking in, you know, mm-hmm. to spy on them. Oh, I didn't notice that. That that's a great touch. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and I didn't either. I, I read it online, but that's uh, you know, it does happen. Um, so he overhears and he goes, "Yeah." Well, he goes, "Well, one is a, a redemption, two is a has been." So you know, they're plotting to get uh, the deep back in and leave kind of a train on the side. Mm-hmm. And a train is like, like a, like you said, a train comes out and he's like, "What the fuck." What's this all about? Right, right. But yeah, he he can't get back in because Stormfront's around, and Stormfront is a Nazi racist. So you know they're not going to let the black. I mean, it's funny because they say, uh, you know, what's what's her problem with uh, you know uh, A Train, and then uh, Edgar goes, "Well, you have these deep research files, much like the Church of Scientology is rumored to have in real life." Mm -hmm. He goes, "You should know the answer," and that that of course sparks uh, the idea in uh, A Train's head. Mm -hmm. To go find those. Yeah, because Huey and um, Starlet are kind of driving around. All of a sudden, A-Train basically teleports in their vehicle. He's he's running so fast. That is hilarious, too, because he just kind of pops out. He's like, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, shippers. (laughs) And they almost, you know, die from heart attacks. It's funny because, like, he was, I mean, I don't want to say, like, the biggest villain. Homelander was was fairly, like, early on the biggest villain. But... The first, like, just horrible thing that happens is he runs through and, like, liquefies Huey's girlfriend. And, you know, he was not obviously looked at in a very favorable light at all, you know, throughout the whole first season. And the the way they've been able to transform him into more of, like, a sympathetic character and you know, someone that's, you know, like, willing to help the main characters and stuff like that is pretty pretty good writing. Yeah, and he like it's, it's funny because he's trying to be kind of redeemed. He's kind of sucked in the search of the collective. Mm-hmm. But um, what's funny is like uh, he's he kind of like still has like a moral compass, whereas the deep is just like he'll just flip flop on anybody, you know, if it helps him with the church of the collective. Yep. Yeah. So A Train gives them this. Uh, we don't see exactly what it is at first, but they're like, "Oh my god, this is the mother load," and, and uh, um. You know, he, they're like, why would you do this? And he's like, I want her out. You know, I need to be back in the seven. That means Stormfront needs to get, you know, her fucking ass out. So I'm willing to help you because it's going to help me. And so they take it to uh, to Butcher and Butcher's like, fuck, this is, you know, this is beautiful. So they um, we don't know this, but they leak it to the press. What it ends up is being it's basically all the exposition that uh, Stormfront gave homelander a couple episodes ago about her nazi roots that's what it is yeah and then they time it because um they're gonna go and do this raid and try and get ryan back and 
they set up a plan. Like we said, you see them kind of putting weapons together. Um, they're trying to, you know, make it so that they can go ahead and release this on the internet and, like, you know, get a Stormfront to leave. Mm-hmm. They kind of set up this weird, like, sonic weapon type thing. So they set it up. Uh, Stormfront flies off because they leak it to the press because her phone just starts blowing up right after she's talking about white genocide, which is even Homelander's like, ooh, what are you talking about? <laughs> that was one of the funny, like, that was one of the funniest moments of the episode i i caught that too where she's like in such a such a like a loving like little voice saying to this little kid she's like they hate us because of the color it's called white genocide and she's like and then you just kind of they paint like even before they they get the visual on homelander you kind of hear like a like, like he, he makes this perfect little noise like that just conveys like what the fuck and you see his face and he's kind of like this might even be a little too much for me right and actually there were some nice scenes between homelander and ryan because earlier they went to like a the the equivalent of a planet hollywood yep and like he started freaking out so you know homelander left with him and you know stormfront's like oh you need to talk to him you're a man but you know instead of like giving like this harsh like kind of speech that she might be expecting He's actually a pretty, like, you know, sensitive, like, talk about how he used to be afraid. And, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't have anybody to guide him, you know, kind of like, you know, referencing, like, you know, his up. They don't really go into his up, up uh, growing up at, mm-hmm. so much in this. But, I, I mean, I think he's kind of like, you know, raised in a lab with uh, that guy whose head exploded last time. Uh, the guy yep. who played, um, who was from The Wire. Yeah. You know, he just didn't do, like, a great job. And he says, oh, he, he needs, you know, he's really insistent that he has, like, a mother and, you know, a father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he doesn't want him to grow up like he did. No one wants him to grow up like Homelander did. Not anyone that cares about Ryan at all wants him to grow up like Homelander did. Right. But yeah, yeah. So they do this uh, this weapon, the Sonic thing. Once uh, Stormfront's you know gone, and like Homelander comes out and he kind of smashes it and he sees it's like Vought you know type stuff. He realizes he's been bamboozled, so. We cut back to the um, the cabin where he and Ryan are, uh, Butcher and uh, Becca go ahead and kidnap him. You know, she was right, not kidnap him, but she was right to come along because I don't see, think there's any way he would have gone with the Butcher. No, because he's like, who the fuck's that? Who the fuck's that guy with a giant gun? <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's my husband. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I, I don't think she's there's any way. I agree. So they, they grab him and Homelander gets there and he's... We find well. First, we we go to where um, Sarge and and uh, or Frenchie or whatever, and Mother's Milk and all the rest of them are waiting. And Butcher's like, "Hey, you know, Mother's Milk, take Becca, take the kid, get him to Mallory. You know, get him the fuck out of here as fast as you can." She's like, "What are you talking about? You're coming with me." And then he admits that he made this deal with Edgar, and he couldn't go through with it though. Like he couldn't do it. So, you know, he wants, basically he wants to stay there and make sure that he occupies Homelander. He knows he's going to get killed, but that at least they can get away. And he doesn't want to, because of his experience with his dad, he doesn't want to be around the kid. He wants to be around Becca, but he doesn't want to be around children because he's afraid of turning them into him, basically. He's afraid of being an asshole to them. And that's the big reason why he doesn't want to be around kids. Um, so he just wants her gone with him safe. Yeah. And she's mentioned before that that's like part of the reason why she didn't, you know, tell him because she thought he'd be this asshole, you know, and she's not wrong. Yeah, exactly. So they start to do it, but then Stormfront comes back and, uh, you know, fucking Palpatine's their car and throws it 
rolls over like three times, they're all fine. Because of course they are. Right. And, uh, you know, Ryan, I figured, would be fine because he is a superhero. But the two regular humans in the car also seem to be okay. Um, yeah, which seems to happen every time they get in a car crash on the show. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Stormfront's like, oh, they're deep fakes, these pictures. I'll be able to rehabilitate this. No one hates what I stand for. They just don't like the word Nazi. Right. And so then that that's when that big fight starts where, you know, it looks like Starlight, not, I don't want to say holds her own necessarily, but it looks like some of Star Starlight's weapon or, you know, like firepower or superpowers or whatever do you know, at least do something to Stormfront. Um, it's also interesting, too, that Stormfront's not invulnerable everywhere. She's vulnerable to uh, knives to the eyes. Right, right. Because <laughs> Becca gets her with a knife to the eye at some point. Yeah, there's this big fight, and then, you know, they start kind of kicking her ass. Um, she blows up this hanger with the weapon in it that's supposed to stop her, which doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, exactly. Giant explosion, and yeah, it's fine. Yeah, so, okay, so we have this, and then, uh, you know, Stormfront, you know, runs away, and then she she ends up in the woods, and she, right by Butcher and mm-hmm. Becca and uh, Ryan. Yep. And then, uh, being a, being a not very nice person, she starts to choke uh, Becca to death, and then Ryan, who was actually kind of urged along to use his powers by her earlier by saying, focus on something you hate, mm-hmm. he starts to, you know, his eyes start to glow, and then the entire screen turns white. Yeah, because he can't control that shit. <laughs> So, so then he turns her into a fucking like I mean it's horrific. <laughs> have you ever dropped a have you ever dropped a, a hamburger, like a tiny little hamburger onto the bottom of the grill, like underneath the where the right. coals and stuff go? And then after you've done cooking the meal, you kind of look and you're like, oh, there it is, salt chard and shit. That was stormfront. <laughs> And she's kind of muttering in German, like her, you know, her sanity has been wiped away as well. And uh, Becca dies. Um, mm-hmm. See, I, I, I didn't really pick up on this. I guess Ryan killed her, but she told Mitchell not to tell him that he did it. But I, I felt that it was just Stormfront gripping too hard. I don't know. That's what I thought, too. Like, he kept saying, like, oh, you know, like, I didn't mean to, Mom. And, like, you know, like, he, I'm sorry and all this stuff. But it does. It didn't look like, like it was any kind of, like, laser. Like, the intensity of the laser... I, that what it did to Stormfront, in my guess, would it wouldn't have been that little cut or whatever. I was I was right. I was thinking the same thing you though that in like her death throes or whatever she just gripped down super tight on her neck and you know ended up like ripping part of it off and that's why she was bleeding. I did catch because uh, for frequent uh, listeners of the show, I do speak a little German. I did catch some of what she said. I think. Uh, she was saying, like, I think the first thing, like, because she repeated the same things over and over again. And she was talking about Frederick. I heard her say Frederick, and that was her her husband. And I think she said Chloe, which I think is her daughter. But she said yeah. something like, um, uh, Esvar Sochon, which is, it was so beautiful. And then she talked about something about Apfelbaums, uh, uh, which are apple trees. So I think she was, like, talking about, being at it like under an apple tree or whatever with yeah she's talking about like being at an orchard and like the first time chloe had like fresh apples it was i've seen a translation of it but yeah so she's kind of like muttering this craziness yeah and she's just talking about like how beautiful it was and and all this stuff and and uh she said something about how she was so 
like happy and it was she like didn't want it to end or something like that it was hot like because yeah. the um the what, what's it called the subtitles didn't say anything they just said muttering in german and i'm right, like right. i was trying to pick it up but I, I you know i I got the essence of what she was saying she was reminiscing about someday with with her husband and her little daughter and eating apples yeah but yeah uh so she's uh, well, here's the thing. I've I've heard people say that maybe she's not dead. Homelander says that she's in custody. And we all, of course, think, well, that's a lie because she was, you know, fucking incinerated. But she's shown an ability to heal herself. She's She obviously has some sort of healing factor because she's very old and able to appear as young as she was basically when she was turned. Um, and she was able to heal herself from Homelander's, albeit muted, uh, eye beams to her chest before. So people are like, maybe she's alive. I I don't think they're going to bring her back. I think she's dead, but I think that's the, yeah, I, I don't know, just because it's like a, you know, a superhero kind of thing, like much mm-hmm. like with uh, Noir. I mean, he's probably coming back, I guess. I don't know. Well, they said he's in a coma and whatever. Non-responsive, yeah. But, you know, who knows? He he probably will come back. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, um, too, because, like, when, they're, when uh, you know, Ryan, like, melts uh, Stormfront, uh, Homelander lands, and then uh, he's ready to just, you know, kill Butcher and take Ryan. But uh, Maeve shows up, and uh, she, uh, this whole time, had a cell phone on her, and she shows him the video of, you know, him and her on the plane, uh, just leaving an entire plane full of people. Yeah, where did she keep that cell phone? She's in pockets. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> Prison wallet, probably. Right. Um, but yeah, so she shows him this, and she says, you know, yeah, you could. he's like, I'll kill you and every single person out there if that gets out. He's like, yeah, he, you, but you can't take the fact that, you know, they wouldn't love you anymore. And, you know, that's very true because he just kind of walks away, and, you know, they just kind of agree to... uh you know, stay their distance. And then, like you said, it cuts and he's, uh, he's at a press conference talking about, you know, how, you know, Maeve and, uh, you know, Starlight are his best friends and how they helped put Stormfront away. You know, he's, right. he just really cares about, you know, being loved. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as emblematic by the last thing that he does in, in the entire series, standing on top of a roof, Batman style, silhouetted by the moon, masturbating above the city that he loves, like spreading his love all over, all over them. You know, please love me. I can do whatever I want. Yep. That's what he's saying. (laughs) Um, yeah, so then we, uh, we, uh, again, my favorite is is always the deep and what he's up to. Mm -hmm. He just cracks me up so much. Yep. So we cut back to uh, the deep and uh, a train in front of this Alistair guy, and the Alistair guy goes, "Oh, somebody stole the uh, personal records of uh, Stormfront," and he goes, "Oh, it wasn't caught on tape." And then, like, uh, he goes, "It was you, a train," and the deep immediately goes, "Oh, fuck this guy! <laughs> you know, get him out of here!" <laughs> I do. I love oh. that too. I love. It. He's like, "I'll oh, fuck this dude," and he's like, "Oh no!" He's like, "You took a, you took initiative. Uh, Stormfront's been a thorn in our side this whole time." He's like, "Yeah, man, good job." <laughs> so it just immediately flip flops, which is great. Um, yeah. But then he reveals that A Train's getting back into the um, into the seven because you know, but not the deep because you know, as he mentioned before, and especially since Starlight's back in good graces, you know, he did sexually assault her. Right, exactly. And Starlight probably I mean, doesn't want him around. I mean, I get, uh, yeah, I guess that's sexual assault. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I'm saying, uh, yeah, I suppose in a sense, if you talk somebody into that, I, I guess. 
Yeah, I mean, he did. He used his position to make it imply that yeah, she needed yeah. to do it. Yeah, I guess that's correct. But, um, but but yeah, so so he's not anymore. He immediately just like starts talking shit about how they he reveals he signed his bank account over to him. <laughs> yeah. And they say like, oh, take, if you take a few more courses, you'll be back in the seven in no time. <laughs> and then he's just like, you know, he's just like lashing out about his uh, his boring wife who gives terrible blowjobs, and he's <laughs> like, oh, you're being a toxic personality. And the deep goes fuck Fresca, and he runs off. He says he also says something too about when I found out that we were all alien spores. I didn't yeah, yeah, laugh. Yeah. I didn't laugh. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> this dude, man, I think his name is Chase something. Chase Crawford, I think. He's this, hilarious. This dude fucking delivers lines like nobody else, man. Oh, but, yeah, like, like a supercut of every scene with the deep this uh, season. Absolutely. It wouldn't be very long, but it would be the funniest shit. But yeah, so uh, so he's all pissed off and then says fuck Fresca, um, and then Huey uh, is talking about how he wants to to be on his own and not be so clingy and everything, and and Starlight thinks that that means that like they're breaking up or whatever. He's like fuck no, <laughs> he's like I'll cling on to you. She's like, well, who are you talking about? And then they cut to Butcher because I mean she should know. It's obvious what he's talking about. He doesn't want to rely on Butcher so much anymore. And Butcher's given uh, Ryan over to the CIA. I think it's good that he's like he promised that she would be that he would be raised uh, right, not necessarily that he would do it. So I think it's good that he's giving the kid over to Mallory, who obviously was a good yeah. grandmother and stuff like that, and not trying to raise it himself. I mean, do we know that she was a good grandmother? Well, she did let her kids get or her grandkids get burned to death, <laughs> but she felt bad about it. So I mean, <laughs> well, obviously, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. But yeah, so he's in the CIA's hands, you know, who are known for being kind and caring people. Yeah, and of course, there's a hilarious line. He goes, "Remember what I told you?" He goes, "Yeah, don't be a cunt." <laughs> uh, yeah, so. We we learn that um, that AOC, uh, you know, the the equivalent of AOC, uh, got to be she got uh, promoted to from congressperson to the head of this new department of soup affairs or whatever. And yeah, they they've halted like uh, rolling out. Later. They're talking about like selling like these doses of uh, compound V for like five million a person mm-hmm. for police and first responders and that kind of stuff. So you yeah. know, obviously, Vought is. On the cusp of uh, going and making their super army, but yeah, this uh, this whole thing with Stormfront really fucks them, and they 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 take it off the table. They're not going to distribute Compound V anymore. Yeah, and um, and so she gets that, and then she's uh, she's providing money for Mallory under the table to create a CIA like division a task force, like like the boys, like they were before. I assume they were excommunicated at some point, or Mallory was not in the good graces. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of how they formed. They were like a black ops team that you know worked with uh, you know Mallory, as you see when she's recruiting Frenchie and that kind of stuff. And they all get they all get expunged, so you know Mother's Milk can go back to his family, which is great, and everyone's like you know free to roam about, which is good. They kind of they kind of take it. And, you know, they, they obviously they do leave one thing hanging, which we'll talk about in a second, but they, they got picked up for a third season. So, you know, that happened. I think, I think they announced that like right after the, the premiere of the final episode or something, but 
they do set it. I don't know when they're going to film it because I don't know what kind of restrictions they have with the COVID and stuff right now as far as filming stuff. I know stuff is being filmed right now, but I'm not sure exactly, you know, like they do a lot of crowd stuff in this in this show. So I don't know exactly how they're going to to work that. But um but they do they kind of they kind of wrap it up there's no real cliffhanger i mean there's like i said there's one thing left hanging sort of but there's no real cliffhanger thing like everyone's kind of in position where it's like if this was the last episode that's okay you know like i i kind of see where where things are going from here um but yeah they uh the head exploding obviously um uh alistair has a call with aoc i can't remember her name congressman whatever Secretary, whatever. Now, um, it's actually. Uh, I think the character actually is sort of in the comics as well. Okay, it's it's, it's Vaughn. I think because it's like Vaughn the Veep or something in the comics. It's like a guy, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's like a political figure, which kind of you know tunes some people into what, what might be going on with her. Okay, so anyway, um, so yeah, they they have a conversation, and he's like, "Hey, you know, I've got um, I've got compromising information on at least like a dozen superheroes." So, you know, if you want to hurry along our tax exempt status, then, uh, you know, I would be more than willing to to give that over. And she's like, oh, you know, we'll talk and everything. And then his head explodes. And we shoot everywhere. Oh, yeah. And then we see she is outside of his little thing. And as soon as they talked, we're talking on the phone and everything. I said to my wife, I was like, it's her. That was the that was like I clued into it right before it happened not not anywhere before that but i was like it's her she's the one that did it because i was thinking like that whole thing like was an act when she was like acted like she was scared and shit like that um so anyway if you if you you look back over it like she looks at each person before their head explodes oh okay that yeah yeah i'll look at that episode again and see but yeah so um she explodes his head and then, uh, you know, she, Huey comes in and wants a job with her because he wants to start, instead of being part of the boys, he wants to start fighting superheroes the right way or whatever with her. And she kind of closes the door and they're going to have a conversation and he's going to work for her. And that's sort of how the series ends. My question for you, though, Mike, is, and I could not figure this out after this episode. So what, what is her deal? Like, what, like she set up all this stuff to like testify against Vought. Obviously she does not want Vought brought down. She wants to, yeah, she's either, you know, yet another like, you know, secret like force that Vought has, you know, mm-hmm. uh, who best to be the one, you know, that's like, you know, um, on your secretly on your side than mm-hmm. the one who's like, you know, I mean, she could just take out the one, like with Stormfront, you know, she could be like, Oh, I don't want this person to be in here, you know, anymore. So we'll go after, you know, whoever Vought tells her to, right. but at the same time, she could just have her own agenda. You know, it's, it's obviously about to wait and see, but mm-hmm. it could, I mean, either way, I mean, I, I, I thought, I thought at first it would be the Alistair guy because, you know, just like it's, it was so convenient that like, you know, the people that, uh, you like, you know, like shockwave was taken mm-hmm. out, you know, when a train needed to be in there and that sort of thing. But, right. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, you know interesting choice. Yeah, I thought you were right at first too that it was going to be Alistair, but right when I heard her on the phone like talking, I'm like, uh, it's it's going to be her. Like, and then yeah, I, I knew like right then, but not before then. I don't think. And I, and I, I completely forgot about her character. To be honest, with you. if if she isn't work, if she works, if she's working for Vaught, then I guess I get why she was doing what she was doing. If she's not working for Vaught, which I think would be a more interesting choice. 
um, if she was just kind of on her own doing her own thing. I'm a little confused as to what exactly she wants and what exactly her motivation is, but I think that would be much more interesting to explore. Um, Because it's obviously she's doing this stuff for for reasons. Um, I just don't know exactly what the reasons are. She obviously wants Vaught around, but she wants to have, like... Maybe she wants, like, division or something. Like, she wants to have, you know, a side against Vaught and, and Vaught's side and, like... You know, she wants that conflict, I guess. I don't know. Maybe she's, maybe she wants to be president. It, it seems weird to be like, maybe she wants to be president and like have that power because it's like she's a fuck, like the, her power, with her power, she could be way more powerful than, you know, whatever a regular president. Um, but I don't know exactly what, uh, what she's got going on. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But yeah, that is the boys um, and the episode for the week. And next week is episode number 100. So uh, tune in to to that. That's going to be a big old celebration. We're going to have a cake and uh, and strippers and uh, Stormfront's going to stop by and talk to us. I wish the deep could buy a hint and go, that's not cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna have goldfish crackers and get the deep to come by. Maybe I'll maybe I'll tweet it at Chase Crawford and see if he'll join us for our hundredth episode. <laughs> but anyway, that is uh, the episode for the week. We will see you next week. Bye. See you next time.